on 2SM and the Super Radio Network. You're listening to High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au and Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Welcome back to High Tide. Good to have the pleasure of your company this morning. If you're thinking of heading out fishing in the Sydney area, there's only one thing we need to do, and that's chat with Mike from the Complete Angler at Woodville Road at Villawood, 938 Woodville Road to be precise. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm very good, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How has the fishing been? Because it just seems like we're having one of those seasons where it's absolutely pumping at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty pretty red hot there. It's it's really good. It's very easy to do these reports at the moment because there's just so much happening. It, it, it's actually quite rare where you've got so many different types. Like we're very fortunate in Sydney that we have so many different types of fishing options, but it's very rare where everything is like kind of going off a bit. So it's just really good. It's just so consistent. Um, and I think probably the next two months are going to be even even better as well. So traditionally, normally February, March, it really ramps up even to the next level. So um, let's hope that all the currents continue to do what it does. The kind of the rain stays away, which has been the other good thing as well too. It's been nice and stable. Um, but yeah, it's been so good. And of course, the school holidays are over now as well. So the, the boat ramps aren't as busy. Uh, there's not as many people on the water and you can, and you can get down and enjoy the water probably a little bit more comfortable as well so um but yeah look the fishing's been unreal i'll start up with the offshore stuff because there's just so much happening on the offshore scene the, the dolphin fish are, are definitely around in much bigger sizes at the moment they've, they've been a little bit hot and cold but now it seems by everyone I'm speaking to is catching them over the legal size so they're all over that kind of 75 centimeter size at the moment there's still a lot of little ones out on the fads don't get me wrong you're still catching a lot of smaller fish um, but but the average is quite up, and there's a lot more bigger ones now getting caught as well. So um, anglers are getting fish in that metre mark. Um, some guys on the troll have been picking up the really big ones, like 1.1 metre, 1.2 metres, some absolute donkey-sized um, dolphin fish, which is really cool to see. Um, and as I said, we've got still two more months of just really nice warm weather um, and conditions for dolphin fish. So it, it's just going to be spectacular, I think, over the next couple of weeks. Um, now, the fads are fishing really, really well, um, but also a lot of guys have been coming across a lot of debris. I think with a lot of the cyclones up north, um, it's pushing down a lot of stuff that's floating down. Um, so when you're heading out there, um, obviously sometimes you can get a little bit one-tracked. I want to get out to the fads and stuff like that, but keep an eye out for any type of floating, any type of float. It can be just something so small. Um, it's always worth a bit of a shot to hang around it and cast a few lures or put a live bait next to it um, because the guys that have been doing really well um, have been finding these little bits of debris and it's been fantastic fishing off them. Um, now, obviously, with the fads as well too live baits are the best if you can get your hands on them um but also drifting baits work really well um and of course casting lures is really handy as well too they respond really well for for lures um marlin reports have been a little bit quiet it's been typical sydney it's been a little bit hot and cold type of thing so you know going back about two weeks it was fantastic there was plenty of fish around when we had a really good push of warm water in and it's kind of slowed down a bit now um but (laughs) give it a couple of days and it could just totally change. Um, but again, most of the guys that have been out there chasing the bigger fish have been more on that shelf line. So you're still not shoving, you know, out to, to Browns Mountain and out further than that. So that's a really good thing. Um, and the other thing that's really good on the offshore scene is that just the, in general, the reef fishing has been really good. Like there's so many trag around at the moment on the reefs, just about all the reef guys have been catching trag, which is really, really, really good. Um, there's a lot of pearl perch as well too this year, um, which are more that deep water type of species, but guys are catching them in the shallows, which again is a bit interesting, but they're real tasty to eat and, and a great catch. And they're still catching snapper, moeys and flathead and all that other, you know, nice bread and butter stuff. So in general, that offshore scene has been really good. Um, the, the rock fishing for the shore-based angler has just been ridiculous. It's been amazing. Like we're having like the best bonito run at the moment along the rocks at the moment off Sydney. Um, and it's just been so consistent. They're, they're getting really big numbers. The, the bonnies are really big this year as well. Um, so it's a really good time to give that a bit of a go. We're so spoilt with Sydney. We've got some really good rock ledges that we can fish. Um, and we've got some really good places down just south, down at Wollongong and also north up at Central Coast as well too if you, you want to get away. So that's been really good. Um, beaches have been pretty good too. I've had a lot more reports from the beaches, um, particularly on the whiting as well. The whiting run's been pretty good. Um, so that's a nice, you know, little fish to catch, but they're very, very tasty as well. So that's been quite, quite good. Um, estuaries, well, we're starting to get all the weird captures. I've had uh, two or three cobia reports. 
um, in the last week, which is really interesting. So um, you, you know things are warming up when you start to get them type of species come through. And, of course, all the sharks as well too is, is the big thing at the moment too. A lot of guys chasing them. But in, in general, the harbour's still been the best. I have to admit the kingy fishing's been brilliant in that system. It's been so consistent this year, particularly Middle Harbour. It's been probably the pick of the places to fish. It's been really good. There's been some really good fish up there. But also the main body hasn't been too bad too. Sow and pigs um, and the kind of like that main type of area um, has been pretty consistent as well. It's been a little bit quiet up the up further, like Balmain and stuff like that. And off the wharves up there, it's been a little bit quiet, which is interesting. But um, look, there's still plenty of kings around. Um, the bay also has been pretty good too. Like the kings have been bearing Mollamox and Bear Island. And a lot of them Benito schools are starting to move in as well too. They've been getting around Kernel and Bear Island too, which is really good for the shore-based angler as well. And they're still catching plenty of flathead and stuff like that in the bay. And the Trevally have been fantastic as well, um, particularly with, you know, outgoing tides, fishing them out the Georges and the Cooks and stuff like that, you're going to do quite well. Um, and same with the Hawkesbury too. That's been just fishing really well this year. Um, it's had definitely the best-sized Jewfish getting caught out of that, and it's still been very consistent, um, which is a bit unusual. They've been getting a lot of schoolies, but there's been a lot of fish in that metre mark and over that metre mark, and a lot of guys getting blown away as well. But I think they are starting to move out onto the reefs now because um, it seems to be that flint and steel area, kind of, again, that main entrance um, to the Hawkesbury has been fishing the best for them. Um, so if you're going to get out, I'd probably stay in them areas. We're still getting hairtail reports, plenty of flathead as well too, and brim and all your bread and butter species. It's been really strong. Um, um, and the kings have been really good in pit water, and they've also moved up in Apple Tree Bay. So that whole Hawkesbury system has been really good. Um, Hacking's been a again. I haven't heard a stack of reports this week, but um, the whiting guys have been doing really well, particularly late in the evenings and into the night as well. Um, and the other one to think about as well is is the bass fishing is again kind of gone to a new level again. Um, there's just so many bass getting caught, particularly in the the basically the back of the Hawkesbury and the Peen area up towards Richmond. Um, we're having, you can actually hear them at early mornings. You'll hear the cicadas um, you know, all chirping away. And that's whenever you hear them, it's always a really good sign to get out bass fishing. Um, so there's been plenty of really nice bass getting caught up there. And, and obviously they're responding to eating cicadas off the surface at the moment. So um, in general, it's been really good fishing. Um, and if you need to just get out there, just, just give it a go. There's just so much happening at the moment. So... How do, really th- good. how do things go in the shop now that uh, school holidays is over? Does the complete angler go into recession or is it just a, a great excuse to do some stock taking and pump out some product? Oh, we're always doing stuff, that's for sure. But no, we're always busy. Um, and particularly when the fishing's so good. Um, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. You're not, not as busy during the Wednesday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesdays, but we're still really busy on the weekend. And, and when the fishing's so strong, we're busy as well. So, um, but as I was saying before, it's just so rare that we've just got so many different styles of fishing you know, really fishing well. It's rare that all we're ticking all the boxes, you know, in the estuaries, the offshore, the bass, the whole lot, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just a really good year. And it's a good year to play around with different things. If you haven't done lure fishing, um, it's a perfect time to give it a go and, and maybe try to catch, you know, maybe that first marlin or that first dewfish as well too. It's, it's a really good year to give give them, um, you know, them them got them things a bit of a crack this year because it is very, very strong. And if so, you're, really good year. And if your prediction is right, the next couple of weeks are going to be absolute rippers if we need to. To update our mm-hmm. our gear, should we head out to 938 Woodville Road at Villa Wood, 97247474. What time do you close today on Sunday? Uh, we close on four o'clock on the weekends. We're very, very civilized with our hours. <laughs> I get I get harassed all the time that we should stay open and get up. We should get up early and stay open later. But we like to fish as well too, so yeah, yeah. we try to try to get the balance right. So, but we are open seven days a week. We've we've got some really good bait ranges that we've been expanding in, which is really cool. And of course, we've got that many rods and reels and specials and stuff like that. Um, no matter where you are in Sydney, come down and have a look. I'm, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Mike, I know, so, lots of toys. I know you've got a really busy weekend. Thank you so much for your time. No dramas. Talk to you soon, guys. There he is, Mike, from The Complete Angler. Head on out. If you want to give them a call, 97247474. We'll be back right after this break. Imitators come and go, but there is only one John Laws. Mr Hunt will replace the former Minister Susan Lee, who's been forced to resign over her travel expenses. Absolutely stupid lady and greedy in the extreme. Centrelink are comparing a fortnightly figure with a yearly figure and clearly they're going to get discrepancies. They're asking you to go away and prove something from six years ago that they already know and until you can prove otherwise, you've got to pay the debt. What you say is that 
I'm a cheat and a liar because they're saying, well, you prove that what we've got is not correct. So, in other words, you're guilty until you can prove yourself innocent instead of the other way around. I can't believe it. You must be short of money, you poor bugger. You've never worked in January in your life. God, you're an awful man. You're really an awful man. If, if we can call you a man, I think you sound like an emasculated goose, actually. You're keeping the dream alive. The John Lewis Show, weekdays from 9am on 2SM. Conferences and corporate golf days that will really impress your guests up half of the course at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Not one, not two, but three functional conference spaces and a contemporary clubhouse overlooking their picturesque 18th green. Make Twin Creeks your ideal conference or corporate golf day venue. To find out more, go to twincreeksgolf.com.au or phone Twin Creeks Helpful Function staff on 9670 8 For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockist, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040-66-71-359. Summer is here and you want your car air conditioning working at its best. You'll be blown away with the air conditioning service at your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Our fully qualified mechanics will help keep you cool through the summer with a comprehensive service of your car's air conditioning system. So book online today at repcoservice.com. Peters of Kensington's Bridal Registry Service has been the first choice for couples for nearly 40 years. Peters offers an Australian-wide registry service, not just for weddings, but for any occasion. With their legendary customer service, years of experience and huge range, finding that perfect gift for your big day couldn't be easier. Visit Peters of Kensington, 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington, or organise your registry online at petersofkensington.com.au. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else but Peters of Kensington? News, sport, talk. 2SM 1269. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network. This is High Tide. Brought to you by Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. And also brought to you by Blake's Marine at 18 minutes after six. Now, Fabio's not here. I'm calling you Fabio now. Why? Because yesterday you had a go at me because I put up a video on YouTube and didn't have a shave. I mean, has he got mirrors in his house? But anyway, he's not here. No, he he doesn't. He's told me, he's told me that to give um, Blake's Marine a plug, blakesmarine.com.au, go on there, have a look at the Stacer range. If you see a Stacer you want, go in, have a chat to Lee. Mention high tide, 12 months, free insurance. Is that what you said, Kieran? <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah, but well, that's what I heard. That's what Kieran told is me anyway. Is it only for stasis? What about the bar crusher in the North Bank and uh, the other range of bases you've got? Well, I'm just repeating the information you gave me. So does it include bar crushers as well? I don't know. I'm not going to say. Look, I, I, just give it a go. Just give it a go. Just he's go too, in. And... He's too young for me to... to Make a statement against. <laughs> Scared. Scared. Melinda Pavey, good morning. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Tell us, uh, we, as you know, I know you're a surf lifesaver and I know you, you love being involved in that activity. I grew up on the beach uh, from Nippers, um, did my qualifying certificate, my bronze medallion. Besides the fact that you get to do some good community work, what a hell of a way to grow up in Australia. Yeah, see, I was um, I was a freshwater kid for most of my life, and then then you woke up. A, well, no, my parents moved me, and um, as traumatic as it was, but it, it wasn't until I was in my thirties that I got my bronze medallion. So I didn't grow up on the the beach doing nippers. I actually went to nippers when we moved to Coffs Harbour from Country Victoria, um, and I was about thirteen. And they said, "I'll oh, just go and swim out behind behind the can." Now I spent my life swimming in, in, in channels and there was, you know, muddy channels and there was red fin and there was no waves. And so by the time I went around those cans, I was nearly dead. And <laughs> that was what it was like back well, in the 80s. 
I, so I, survived, I just survived, but I didn't want to go back to nippers, I've got to say. But uh, when we had, we had our own children, um, it was the best fun, and I wasn't going to just stand on the beach and do nothing. So I joined in and um, did the water safety and, and got my bronze and helped the, the captains do the, the age groups, and we had some of the best days of our lives. Kind of, well, well, I'll just know, ask you one, Mel, one quick question. Talking about fresh water swimming and growing up, did you ever uh, come across a snake going past you at all in the water? Yeah. Um, the first time that ever happened to me was actually at the back of um, Dorigo. I was in the National Park out there. We went for a walk, and um, uh, and I was just sort of, you know, I was like a mermaid swimming through the um, swimming through the rock pool. And my husband looked and had a really frightened look on his face. And I thought, what's wrong? And anyway, by the, he didn't say anything until the snake went past. Um, <laughs> smart play. Which was a very smart play. But yes, so I have seen snakes, lots of snakes. Well, I remember one day we were out at the Barma River on the Murray, uh, at Barma on the Murray River. And um, we, I don't know, it was at a time when you could, you know, you could kill snakes. Um, and we had a black snake on the barbecue and it was pretty delicious. Now, you've got a, we've got a, a special guest online this morning for you to have a chat with. Oh, Mr. Pierce there, the, the one and only. Yes, well, good morning, Mel, and good morning, boys. Good morning. You've had a very busy summer, Stephen, and, and all the, the crews and all the, the people, and it's sort of, it's, it's with some good results this year. Yeah, look, you know, we have. It's, um, it's been an incredibly busy summer, and look, and, and really, um, really tragic, you know, for, for drownings, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, there were two more drownings yesterday, and um, and that was a result of, you know, just those, that really big hazardous surf and also um, the high temperatures and the amount of people down there. But um, in saying that, uh, the Lifesavers have been performing some incredible rescues and resuscitations and, you know, the volunteer Lifesavers, and, you know, we've, we've got 20,000 of them up there on the New South Wales coast have, you know, really stood strong right throughout summer and we just need to get through this month of February where we think it's going to be really hot and, and really busy, and particularly today. Today, I think, is going to be a really challenging day for um, a lot of surf clubs up and down the coast. Actually, my husband, Warren, he's going to head down and help on the, the water safety today. Well, it's not our patrol day, but it's the Nippers day and it's going to be a hot day up here. So we're expecting a lot of people on the beach. So um, good advice. I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of those drownings yesterday. I'm sorry, Stephen. Um, it, it does have an impact on everybody when it happens. You just think, oh, what could we have done or how did that happen or why did it happen? It's... Uh, it's, you know, everyone feels that loss incredibly, don't they? Look, look they do. And I think um, really pertinent having a chat on, on this show, um, you know, one, one of the drownings, you know, really tragically was up at Fingal Bay uh, where four rock fishermen were washed off um, off the rock ledges yesterday. And, um, you know, and it was like really big hazardous surf. Uh, uh, the thing was, the rock fishermen, none of them had life jackets. And so, you know, we're always, you know, really trying to push that message hard, you know, to the rock fishing community that... Life jackets, you know, will assist in saving your lives. And you know, as I said, four were washed off. Um, three were recovered back off the rocks. One was really critically injured, having to be flown to hospital. And, you know, really sadly, um, one um, gentleman's still outstanding. And, and our search continues this morning up there at Fingal Bay. And then the other one was up at Iluka, uh, up, up further up towards oh. your way as well, Mel. And um, and, and there's a bit, it's, it's a bit of, um, bit of a mystery, this one, at the moment. But, you know, unfortunately, you know... Um, our lifesavers requested to respond to um, a body on rocks up there, and when they got there, you know, really sadly, you know, there was nothing they could do for um, that particular victim. So, again, you know, like it is going to be big swell today. You know, um, for those boaters going out, you really need to make sure that you have those life jackets, and you really need to make sure that you log on and log off there with Marine Rescue. And for everyone else, you know, if you're going to get down to the coastline, just be so so careful today and. You know, um, Mel, as you were just saying before about you know, your experience there you know, with surf lifesaving, today the safest place to swim will be between those red and yellow flags where you see our um, volunteer lifesavers and lifeguards on patrol. Oh, because that's got to mention one thing here, Steve. I keep bringing it up, and I have done for the last 35 years on this program. Why are we not uh, issuing tickets for people that won't swim within the flags, especially those that have to be rescued? Why are why is the general public paying for people's stupidity? Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, the, 
one of, one of the biggest issues now is you know, our population's increasing so much that there is just so many people converging down on the coastline. And, you know, like, and, and we are you know, pretty cognizant that you just can't accommodate everyone um, in those red and yellow flags. But you know, really, really sadly, you know, so you know, with um, those uh, drowning deaths yesterday, like, just in New South Wales, our drowning toll now has gone to, to 13. Uh, 13 people have lost their lives. And every one of those have been in an unpatrolled location, which is either somewhere where there's been no lifesavers or lifeguards on duty, or they've um, been swimming after hours when the lifesavers yeah. have knocked off. So it's it's just about self-responsibility and, and border safety awareness, I feel, moving forward. Well, I'm getting to the stage with rock fishermen. It's like trying to put brains in a statue. You know, we spoke yeah. we spoke in depth yesterday that you would not go rock fishing at all anywhere. And, and again, like yesterday, come today as well. But no, there you go. And we yeah, but I mean, the, on the other side of that, you know, you can't help everybody all of the time. But the the rate of rock fishing um, fatalities, I think, has, has dropped dramatically. And I think the 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 messages that we've been getting out to our communities is are getting worked. there. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're back on there, Mel. And um, yeah, we we had a great program that we rolled out actually last year that we're going to try and attempt to do again this year. And it was a big rock fishing awareness program. But part of that program was, you know, we we gave out to rock fishermen over um, over 1,000 life jackets. But the only way they could get the life jacket, they had to come to a full day's um, rock fishing and, and fishing safety education day. So that was a great initiative. That yeah. really was a great initiative. Oh, look, you know, and we're really proud of that one. Like, as I said, over a 1,000 life jackets handed out. Um, to Mel's point, statistically, um, rock fishing deaths have declined um, in the in the last 12 months, which has been great. You know, look, really sadly, though, as I said, we still see people um, putting themselves in those positions. And, you know, as I said yesterday, you know, one person lost their lives, but there are so many um, turned that we still have to activate our lifesavers to get around on jet skis to pluck people out of water or... The Westpac Lifesaver Rescue Helicopter would have to do that consistently um, every week. If I could and just recommend... Grant knows who's, who's with us this morning. He's, he's one of those first that does he's done his nippers training, but, you know, how many, as we know, uh, you know, our friends in the surf, you know, people just out having a surf doing an amazing job as well, don't they, Steve? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, even, you know, there was uh, so many dramatic rescues yesterday, Mel, and... Uh, one of them was actually a surfer that had to also come to this distance of one of our lifesavers who was um, really seriously injured, um, broke his leg on a jet ski, trying to rescue two other kids on a reef down in Sydney. And, you know, um, this surfer was able to come to our lifesaver's aid and hold him hold him afloat until he could get the helicopter there to airlift him out with his broken leg. So, um, you know, the, the surfers account for so many rescues up and down the coastline. But, um, they're never documented, but... Yeah, they're great friends and colleagues of the lifesavers. And speaking of initiatives, there wasn't so long back to where um, for, you, you were training up surfers to help um, give them the knowledge required to, to be able to use their own surfboards to help people that were in trouble getting out of uh, bad situations. And you were running a safety program um, for all of those surfers, which was free to all of the surfers. And the knowledge that we were getting out of it was really, really good. Yeah, and that was, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to take the credit on that one, but that was um, Surfing New South Wales where we're doing that. And, and you are right, it's a great program, and part of that program was about um, awareness of um, CPR. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd have to say, look, if, if anyone ever wants to learn something that will be life-saving, you know, do a first aid course and learn how to do CPR because, again, when I talk about, you know, just some of the amazing rescues, well, even yesterday there was... Um, on the mind, there was two really good, successful CPRs where members of the public pulled the people unconscious out of the surf first and commenced CPR until we could get our lifesavers and lifeguards there who took over. And on both of those instances, um, it was a really good, successful CPR. And they were both um, young young ladies in their early 20s that were um, the potential victims. So you know, two really um, good cases of lives saved. If I could just put a little comment there, I'm just uh, listening to this. If you're a rock fisherman that believes, okay, look, I'm a reasonable swimmer, I can always swim back to shore, no. just put all of your gear on one day, your, your boots, your shoes and all that sort of stuff, and just see how far you can swim in a swimming pool. 
because it's a lot different if you look at a surfer that's the out weight. there. <laughs> the weight and of the And trying clothes. to swim in clothes is a very, very hard thing. And trying to get back on the rocks when there's a swell. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the, as a surfer, I openly admit that I'll, I'll go in off the rocks. If I'm, you know, doing a point break, I'll go in off the rocks. But I don't come back in to shore via the rocks. I paddle around to the beach because... Well, surfboards are expensive, but so too are human parts, mm. you know, mm. and breaking them can really spoil your surf season. Go for a swim yeah. with your clothes on, see how far you can go. Yep, true. We used to have to do that. When I, when I was learning to swim, one of the things was we had to jump in the pool with our clothes on and swim 50 metres. Yeah, and we, you, you made sure you didn't wear your woolen jumpers those days. <laughs> we, we, we do it during survival training on yeah. boats. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. It'll be interesting to, to follow um, this tragedy up at Kingscliff because um, being on the, the New South Wales-Queensland border, there's every chance that they, they may have come from Queensland. So they mightn't have had you know, some of the safety messaging that we've been able to, to conduct in New South Wales. Um, but to your point, Grant, I'm, it must be about your age too. I think when we all you know, learnt to swim, we've learnt to swim by having to do the 50 metres with a full, full kit of clothes on, which is a very sensible idea. Hmm. It's funny you say that, Mel. I'm just, um, I'm just sitting there here now, I'm reminiscing, and I can remember that was part of my school swimming lesson as well. You know, I'd have to go up to a Sutherland pool and, um, and fully dressed, and, and again, jump in there with the clothes and swim up and down. And yeah, it was quite a quite a sobering thing. But you know, part of our um, rock fishing safety training is when we have um, uh, these rock fishermen turn up to these lessons, is we explain to them that if you do um, put yourself in a situation, you are washed in. Um, to to your point, boys, don't try to swim back onto the rocks. Yeah. Swim away from the rocks because that will allow us to come around and, and pick you up. And we would, you know, these programs, we do rescue demonstrations to show them how we come around and pick them up with our rubber ducks and, and our jet skis to give them a bit of confidence that they do move away from the rocks. Yes. Um, we, we can get them. Stephen, the, the problem there that lies within um, the rock fishermen and going into the water, right, and the life jacket. He says most rock fishermen know that if they go to the, go into the water, they have to swim under the waves and swim away from the rocks. Otherwise, the, rock, the wave will pound you to pieces on the rocks. So they say there is not a life jacket that is made for them that they can go into the water, swim away under the waves, and come back up and inflate it, you know? So I, I know that... This is a problem that Alex Bellissimo and the rest of the guys that are professional rock fishermen are worried about. You know, we're producing life jackets, but we're not producing a life jacket specifically built for the um, rock fishermen. You know? Are they inflatable? Were they inflatable life jackets, Steve? Um, look, you can get various life jackets. Look, you know, obviously, up there at um, Figgle Bay, there was no life jackets. The ones that we give away um, were of a, it was a um, specific standard. And forgive me, guys, I can't remember sure. now. But but it was the closest one that was most compatible for rock fishing. So it wasn't like a, a high buoyancy life jacket that you see in the boats. Yeah, um, it had some sort of mid buoyancy. So. To your point, that, uh, that you could you, you could know, swim under the wave. Yeah, move move around in water. Yeah. But obviously, obviously, the whole idea is to ensure that you have some form of flotation. But you know, the ones that you know um, we gave away, you know, they had all the um, all the fishing accessory pockets and um, whatnot there as well. But you know, one thing that was really pleasing, uh, we ran about fifteen of these workshops up and down the New South Wales coastline, and um, predominantly the, the biggest clientele that came to there were our people from non-English speaking backgrounds and and they had a great opportunity there to be um, just um, taught you know, the issues about rock fishing safety but also they had fishing tips so you know, the attractor was not just a life jacket, it was, it was also talking about fishing and how to catch more fish but in, in, in a safe manner Yeah, it's, it's been an issue and you are right about those people that come to this country that are, um, don't speak the Australian language or understand it uh, because they grow up in their own areas, catch and kill whatever they can to survive. And they come here and they say, oh, wow, why don't activity and the fish that can be caught uh, off the rocks, you know, and they are not completely aware of how dangerous our uh, coastline can be, you know. 
But yeah. I, think, I mean, the the positive is that we've we've had such good training and 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 people coming forward and 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 because of the trauma that some of the people in these inner you know, families and communities have to face, I think things are getting better. Um, and this Kingscliff example is just is just shocking. Um, but the more we talk about it, and the more programs we have to help people, because as you say, um, you know, Kieran, a lot of them are bloody brilliant fishermen in their own right and have come from countries where they you know they yeah. they love their fish and and respect the whole species and all of that stuff um and it's just it's just it's just yeah. an education program and people they don't want to put themselves at risk if they can help it we've just got to you know take them on the journey well i've got to finish it anyhow but one of the interesting things and i think that the fisheries department has moved on is incorporating surf life saving clubs and and the organization for their assistance and knowledge and uh, we're, they're trying to move in a direction where to try and prevent this but if we go back a few years they tried to cancel rock fishing because of the dangers so you know we need people to take it on board if they want to keep doing it to do it correctly melinda okay. pavey grant will say Goodbye to you. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> I don't know because we're going to go to Queensland. Stephen, thank you so much for um, coming on and having a chat with us this morning. Too really do appreciate it. He's welcome to come back, eh? Anytime. Yep. Yeah. But, no. No. Pleasure, pleasure to him. It's always great to have a chat to you, um, boys and, and Mel, early in the morning. And and let's just um, hope today that um, everyone's safe, quiet. safe and safe, and just be aware of that big swell that's running up and down the coast. Thank you. And Stephen's one of those early morning people. I don't think we have to set an alarm with him. He's up and out, exercising <laughs> and keeping fit. He knows and the best time of day, Mel. Quickly, just a shout-out quickly, too, to all the SES volunteers who hit the rivers and the waterways across New South Wales yesterday doing their training to, to keep us safe during floods and events. So we, we had a whole bunch of SES crew out on the Colang River at Yurunga. It was just good to see. Good on you. Thanks so much for joining us on this Sunday morning, both of you. You're listening to High Tide, 23 minutes away from the top of the hour at 7. And, Kieran, just before um, um, we do just wrap up on that subject, if you are a person that takes a bit of a risk with rock fishing, I know the perfect way um, to solve that. Go out and be a a volunteer at Surf Lifesaver and go out and do a recovery. I tell you what, it's not a fun activity to do, Uh -uh. and it will guarantee that you'll be far, far wiser in future. So I just think, think about the volunteers that have to go out and take care of those and place themselves in danger to drag you out of the water. And this is why they talk about the road accidents. People need to see some of the... If you had to attend some of those road accidents, maybe you'd be a little bit more considerate and a bit careful about what you do. You got some fish reports for us? I do, I do. I can tell you that if you're uh, here in Sydney, Narrabeen's a good spot. Uh, pit water, I spoke about it yesterday. The jewfish, flathead, flounder, whiting, brim, salmon and bonito have been about. The kingies have moved in, which means there's been plenty of sharks move in there with them. You can look at Clareville, Macars Creek. There have been a couple of good spots anywhere from pit, uh, palm water over to the uh, Lion Island has been good. The northern beaches here in Sydney have been good for whiting, flathead, Dart, Brim, Salmon, Taylor. So probably a couple of the best beaches have been Collaroy, DY, North and South, the Narrabeen has been good, Curl Curl, Freshwater, all been good areas. We've been talking about sharks this morning at some great length, and Bob from Bexley, Bexley joins us. G'day, Bob, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Jesus, good to hear. Kieran's piping on well, isn't he? He's fired up this morning. Everyone's fired up this morning. That's some good coffee we got. Like Blakey. Fabio, yep. Oh, you'll get into trouble. I always get into trouble. It's just the depth that varies. And, uh, Pete, how long ago can you remember the fisheries boat Kampala? Oh, yeah, I do remember that one. I remember that when they came up for sale, actually. That was a good boat. Well, they had all the records going for all fish and sustainability. And when, when Tony Burke, the Minister of Federal Minister of Fisheries was there. They were pumping info to him, but he had a green secretary that wouldn't even let me be his free advisor. The problem is with fisheries ministers, 
They've all got green advisors. Well, it's easier to find a green advisor than one that likes to eat fish. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact. And it's uh, politically... the wrong info. Yeah, you're right. They won't won't even let you in the door if you know anything about it. Because I come from both sides, amateur and, and professional. And I was batting the head against the wall trying to get info into their heads. I just didn't want it. Yeah. And, and the shark industry was pretty good. We could get a dollar a kilo for any size as long as we cut it up and fit it in the box. It was a great industry, but they somehow fizzled it out. That would solve the problem if they would use the sharks for eating like they did in Melbourne for years. They still do in New Zealand. Probably do. There was was an issue with the mercury content on the larger sharks that were finding their way in. Uh, I believe that's one of the reasons they shut down the shark fishing industry. The other one, of course, is people love sharks. It's trendy to go out, oh, I love the shark, I love sharks, I love sharks. I love them with chips. (laughs) I'm sorry, I love flake. I just love it. Mm. Well, Uh, they don't have any bone. It's only cartilage, but you can get a decent fillet even on a small whaler. All these sharks are the... Are the fizzling out the mackerel industry up north? That could be fixed by harvesting them. Yeah, the thing is, it's a it's a hard sell uh, because the the um, anti shark fishing lobby is very strong, and um, with the younger generation coming along. I dare call it the woke generation, but that's where we're looking. Um, to save the shark is um, it's even got bumper stickers out there these days. Now, no, there's no oh. bumper stickers saying save the flathead, but there's, 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 there's plenty what of bumper stickers saying save the, the whale, whale, save the shark, save the seal. And, Let's um, cull the shark, cull the whale. <laughs> yeah, but that, that mercury doesn't kick in until they're oh, over six foot long, you know, a couple of metres. Uh, all, all these... Like, we used to segregate our, our our sharks from our main fish because of the iodine used to, used to bleach through the skin in the dewies. And speaking of dewies, we used to get half our, well, not half, but a, a box or two confiscated by the scientists working in the fisheries at night, cutting the jewels out of them. All that info. Now, what happened to that? That's a good question. It's the best yep. one for fisheries, I would suggest. Good one. <laughs> Let, I'll only add one thing to it. When it comes to fisheries, Minister, there's been nobody as good as Bob Martin. See, he, he had all he the knowledge. Have, he mightn't have had too many of the advisors that gave him the wrong advice. That's right, the people that... See, were, see that Bob, he, I've got you worked out. I knew why you wanted to come on and have a chat. You just wanted to fire Kieran up some more this no, morning, no, didn't no. you? No, he had, he did. Hey, buddy, thank you. We've got to love you and leave. You've got to catch up with Paul. But thanks for coming on. And you know that uh, I should have mentioned to um, all of our listeners too, um, because we're a little bit short-staffed at the moment, if you do want to come on and have a chat, send us a message on Facebook and we'll give you a buzz back. And Bob did that. We do appreciate your time this morning, buddy. All right, thanks, and uh, keep, keep going, Kieran. You keep going. I'll do my best. Stirred you up. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it'll be time to chat with Paul Burt. 2SM Super Network News. From global events to local stories, we've got you covered. The federal government is calling for greater housing development in a bid to tackle the nation's housing supply. Super Network News is immediate, independent and unbiased. There's some good news for people with mortgages, with interest rates expected to remain steady for most of the year. Stay informed with our team, bringing you the news that impacts your world. 2SM Super Network News. Hey you, right now you're listening to a radio ad about DAB Plus Radio on the radio. Think about it. It's like the cells inside your brain that's inside your head that's on top of your body are informing you that you can listen to this station in digital quality on a DAB Plus radio for free or on a smart speaker. Discover the auditory awesomeness of more radio within the radio. Search DAB Plus and listen now. There's a conversation going on. It's a conversation that will never end. Radio 2SM is at the centre of it all, connecting you to what really matters, to the issues you care about, to the debate you want to be part of. 
This is Radio 2SM. You'll see more of Australia in less time when you travel by plane with Outback by Air. In a fraction of the time it would take you by road, Outback by Air will fly you to destinations you'll never forget and you'll probably never see again. What you will cover in a week on Outback by Air, all-inclusive tour, would take you up to a month or more to do in a motor car. Check the packages and destinations available at outbackbyair.com.au or you can phone 1300-310-503. Introducing... The all-electric seven-seat Kia EV9. Silence never felt so loud. Visit kia.com.au to find out more. Kia, movement that inspires. With a few simple clicks on the Finance Easy website, you can borrow a serious amount of money without even leaving home. They make finance easy, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Applying couldn't be easier. Just visit the Finance Easy website, provide a few details, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian Credit Licence Number 392182. 2SM has Sydney talking. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network... You're listening to High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au and Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. 13 minutes away from 7 at 7 o'clock. We'll update the news for you. If you're up around the Gold Coast area and you're thinking about heading out today, easterly 10 to 15 knots, seas below 1 metre, swell southerly around 1 metre inshore, increasing to 1 to two metres offshore. Mostly clear. Paul Burt, that sounds like a nice day to be out there. Mate, I, I reckon that's a Weather Bureau forecast because it's cloudy, it's raining. Uh, the winds are right, the winds are light, but uh, mate, it's, um, it's overcast. I've got the windscreen wipers on and uh, I reckon if you went around a roundabout, you'd be doing it three times unintentionally because you'd be sliding. Your back would be passing you. It's very wet. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice Sunday morning, I, I can assure you of that, that's for sure. But it, is, it has been raining. Mostly sunny. <laughs> Most, so mostly sunny is a bit like, you know, it's a bit like taking an each-way bed, isn't it? It's like if it doesn't rain, it'll be sunny. I remember recently that one up there, almost 100% chance of rain. Almost 100% chance. Hey, Pete. Hey, Paul. How are you going? I, I love it. I, I love it when they, when they turn around and they say, Look, uh, you know, and... Uh, uh, chance of rain uh, between three millimetres and 130. And you're thinking, <laughs> you can't go wrong. Three <laughs> millimetres and 130. Either A, you might get enough just to possibly put a little bit of, uh, a, a, you know, a shine on your grass, or B, uh, pull out the rain jackets, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the swift water rescue. Come on, really. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, a little bit wet up here at the moment, fellas, but the winds are light. Um, I was really contemplating to go mackerel fishing this morning. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we got into the spotty mackerel the other day because we've got a closure up here at the moment due to some um, very, very bad uh, Spanish mackerel um, comparisons going data dating back for the last you know, 50, 60 years. We're allowed one fish uh, at any time now, unless you've got more than two people in the boat, you know, two fish, but that's it. But we've got a no-take time here in Queensland for Spanish mackerel for the next three weeks, starting last Thursday. And then you've got a week reprieve. Everyone to go out there and take as many as they can. Well, one each. And then uh, you've got another three weeks. So spotty mackerel, however, you can go out there and catch a bag limit. Um, so they're on at the moment, which is great. And the beauty about having an overcast start to the day at this point in time uh, is that it's like 5 a.m. probably through till 9 a.m. this morning. You know what I mean? So that way you've got that beautiful cover of dawn staying with us. The sun can't penetrate the cloud. So you're going to have some some pretty good conditions. For those in small craft, bit of a warning on the coastal bars, the swell is a south-southeast. Now, that means it's uh, it's sort of pushing past the coast. The Gulf Coast is sort of tucked in a little bit to the west. So that swell will be passing us off the Tweed Coast. So Tweed Bar, I'd imagine, have a little bit of swell on it, more so down around Brunswick and, and those coastal bars to the south and Ballina. But uh, our bars up here, we do have that low tide. It's a fairly large low tide, so we don't have uh, a lot of run 
uh, which is a good thing, but there still will be some pressure waves building on the northern bars. So the seaway, up around the jump of in those areas there, you'll find a little bit of swell pushing in. Um, but the water temperature around 26 degrees, that's really brought these fish on, uh, which is great. So the spotties are on. Uh, I'd be towing garfish or pillies. Pillies are, pillies are fine, but they fall apart a bit. Garfish are just a killer. But you want to put them on a um, uh, something like a, a bit of a, a pink skirt that goes over a gang, set of gang hooks that you build, uh, five O's preferably, um, and you want straight running hooks as well. Um, so you want to have uh, a, maybe a net lead put on the first hook. And when you tie your single strand piano wire around that first hook, which is only going to be 40 centimetres long, 30 centimetres long, is that when you wind the wire around itself, is leave the tag about an inch. You want about an inch tag. So you've got the net lead on the first shank of the first hook of the top of the gang. And then uh, when you put your garfish on, the last hook's going to go over his tail. You've got three hook rig. Middle hook goes in his belly. First hook goes under his, sort of like, under his uh, gill plate, pectoral fins. And the eye of the hook, where the first tag, that tag of that bit of wire that you've left on there, goes under his jaw and out through his nose. Now, you'll have another thing called a nose guard. And what that does, it just slides down over the wire and then it screws over the top of that, that wire tag, right? And that way it actually pins the fish to your rig. His mouth won't open. It'll be very, very aerodynamic because it's like a, a nice little needle running through the water. And then that pink squid skirt, all green, lumo, whatever colour, um, which is going to be probably about three, and maybe four inches long, slides over the nose cone and um, you make sure that your fish swims well when you put him in the water. And I'll tell you what, you don't go fast with these things with a bait. You go slow. So in gear, out of gear. If you're running an engine, say, from 100 horsepower up, in gear for maybe 10 seconds and then out of gear for, like, three seconds. And then in gear again, then out of gear. Just keep doing that because you want that bait just to slowly move along and the fish will absolutely smash it. Now, your drag setting is super important. You do not want to go a heavy drag. And at the same time, you don't want to go too light. So if you're running a TLD 20 or 25, which a lot of people do on these things, is um, have your drag set one-third, which is obviously your, your normal drag setting on strike. But you want to run probably three-quarters between your free spool and your strike zone. And that's going to be an ideal setting uh, for your uh, for, for your drag and have your ratchet on, of course. And and key important part is not to look... Uh, sorry, not, not to look at your mate. Right, don't, don't talk and look at the ocean and all that sort of stuff there. Keep an eye on the rod tip because surprisingly the mackerel, even though you're moving, you're tying your bait and he's coming in, you know, sometimes quick and he hits it, is you'll see the knock on the end of the rod. It'll go bang, bang, bang. And you'll think, well, I'm getting a hit. Well, generally by that time your, your garfish is bitten in three pieces and somehow they've missed the hooks and you're not going to catch a fish with a banged up gari that's been bitten in, in, in two or three times. So... You need to pull that line straight in, and then you need to replace the bait. So always watch the gar, always watch your rod tip for any action, um, and, and go from there. But, uh, mate, Palm Beach Reef has been ideal. Mermaid Reef, Burley Gravel Patch. Um, the Southport 18s or 12 Fathoms also worthwhile. Jumper Pin's worthwhile. Uh, if you, your Spanish mackerel no-take zone, of course, at the moment, but you can go over the border and catch them at Fingal off Cook Island. Black Rock reefs of um, of uh, Pottsville and also down around Brunswick. So all of those areas there will be firing up with uh, both species. And there, um, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic morning to give it a crack. If you're listening now and you're lying in bed, yeah, like I said, you've probably got another couple of hours up your sleeve before it starts to heat up too much. You're expecting a warm day, and of course that sun breaks through and shoes the fish away. Oh, so you are expecting a warm day? They got that part of it right. Thirty two degrees. Very much so. It's going to be muggy today there, Grant. So I'm actually got the surfboards in the back and I've got my young fella with me. We're going for a, we're going for a surf. He went for a whiting fish yesterday. And, and what he does, I think I've mentioned it here before, is he walks the flats, catches the, the yabbies or the nippers and puts a, um, puts a, a little uh, mid-shank uh, hook, a red, red uh, hook. So it's like a uh, 34007, which is stainless steel. Uh, uh, long shanks, but he'll go like a, a mid shank in red and uh, puts it on the uh, uh, yabby, no weight, no swivel, nothing, and goes, uh, probably threads it through to about the, the third or the second segment of the tail of the yabby and walks around knee deep water and just casts this thing out. Now, sometimes the yabbies will climb down their own bloody yabby hole, but 
but the whiting that get up on those flats on the making tide, it's got to be the running tide, um, are phenomenal. And, you know, they were catching fish yesterday in the you know, 35, 37, 39 centimetre whiting, which are, are thumping whiting uh, in shallow water. So that's another option that a lot of people can do. The whiting are thick up here at the moment. Council chambers in the Narang River up around the end of Campbell Street, throughout the entrance and lower reaches of the, uh, the Cooma River. Clint Ansell, he runs Gold Coast River Charters. He bagged 50-odd whiting yesterday. And, yeah, this bloke's awesome. If you're coming up to the Golding, you, you, you don't have a boat or anything like that, go out with this guy, Clint Ansell, Gold Coast River Charters, and, uh, mate, he, he bangs really good fish, and uh, he's, a, he's a top bloke at the same time. Polly, thanks very much for your time. No step outside till March, but we can play catch-up on 7+. plus. Yes, sir, absolutely there, Grant. You can, and uh, and check out our, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, and um, you can get your daily fix of um, of wherever we've been fishing and tips and um, some of those fantastic recipes, which uh, I look forward to bringing you to season six, thanks to Anaconda and Shimano on the team, and Suzuki will be uh, back on air early March. You have a great one, buddy. Thanks for your time. Good on you, mate. Thanks, guys. All the best to you. So yeah, just uh, repeating the weather forecast for up there in uh, in Queensland, if it's not raining, it will be sunny. If the uh, if there's waves out there, they could be anywhere between half a metre and 12. Bay fishing, bay fishing rivers, estuaries, a little bit of beach fishing, no rock fishing at all today. And if you're out in the country, fish the deep holes. Pete, boating? Yes. <clears throat> Bit of advice? I don't think I'd do it today, to be quite honest. <laughs> that's your, well, that, that's, that's the, the good advice. advice. Not, I've said this before on, on high tide when I've been out there. You know, have a look. If, if you're at all doubtful, don't do it. And if you haven't got a lot of experience, don't do it today. Thanks for your time. Thanks for everybody for listening. Yep. You keep your eye in the sky and have a great day and safe day. But as sure as yabbies bite your toes, this boyhood story had to end. Talk overnight. You need to behave ethically, morally. You can't bring in a product for five dollars and sell it for hundred and twenty or whatever the market. It just beggars belief that they can do this. This is two SM. You seem to be mixing private enterprise with government. Let's hope that this inquiry that is to be chaired by Craig Emerson into the prices that supermarkets are charging is going to have some effect. Talk overnight on two SM.